Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid. Today we go around the world of motorsport from Formula One in Canada to IndyCar in America, from supercars in Australia to Super Formula in Japan. We've got MotoGP in Germany. British touring cars in Britain, plus be what else? British GT and British Superbikes, but there's no NASCAR. No NASCAR. There's no NASCAR. And at the end, I want to play you something that I find just unbelievable. It's a, a Dan Tickton rant, the rant of all rants. Rant? They're all old. He doesn't rant anymore. He's been very oh, clever. I, I, I missed it, to... but it was it, uh, the, the biggest rant I've ever heard, uh, oh, the no. biggest insulting rant I've ever heard, and it was uh, just post-race that at Jakarta, but we'll come on to that at the end. Let's oh, kick off. Keep, I'm, I'm now intrigued to get out of intrigued to get to the end. Well, let's get through things quickly. <laughs> so can, was... I've never heard about this tag team. Anyway. Um, Canadian Grand Prix. There's yeah. a lot to talk about here. We need to start with qualifying. Very unsettled conditions. Uh, we had rain, we had sunshine, we had all sorts going on. Uh, and then to be, it was, it was just the most, one of those bizarre qualifying that really gets people excited and anything yeah. going to happen type thing. Well, I was about to say the same as you. You know, yet again, qualifying was the most exciting part about the Formula <laughs> One again. You know, there was impeding of penalties and poor old um, uh, the Hulk, you know, losing his second place because he was speeding under the red flag conditions. And yeah, again, I mean, we keep on talking about, you know, there's more excitement when there's less grip, as always. And so we, everyone wants to add grip in these bloody aerodynamic cars. It just proved yet again that when it's more down to the driver and less down to... The, the chassis you have underneath. We had some amazing results coming out. And uh, I think I think you have to give credit again to Red Bull and Max that not only does you know Max have the skills and Red Bull the car, but again they get the get the the tactics right. I mean mucked up again somehow with uh, Perez who managed to not get the right tires at the right time. But uh, yet again through all that everyone else panicking everywhere. It was Max that came out on pole, but uh, the Hulk second was fantastic, wasn't it? It really was. He was a masterclass. And what a schoolboy error, uh, speeding over under a red flag. Really crazy error. So you're allowed to overtake on a red flag. So if there's a car struggling and they're, they're coming in slowly, you're allowed to overtake yeah. them, but you're not allowed to, to speed. So schoolboy How error, fast but... was he? I never How fast was I, he? I don't know. One mile and a half. Yeah, a but, mile but, and but, but you're right. Ahead Max Verstappen. Oh, he's so annoyingly good. And Red Bull is so annoyingly good. <laughs> yeah. But we are going to come on to Sergio Perez in a minute because we've had a bit of stick, well, I have anyway, about uh, slating Sergio Perez. But um, he's just not good enough. It's a simple it's thing. If, it if is, Max Verstappen was in in the same position off the grid as him, I mean, uh, he would have he would have gone through the field. And yeah. he would have, he no, would I'm afraid I'm with you. Sergio's had his time. He's had his opportunities. Well, let, you know, okay, I don't think he'd qualify. You just go back to finish qualifying off for it. I mean, just, um, you know, Gasly was out in Q1. That was controversial with Sainz uh, putting out Stroll out in Q2. Wait, for those Alex, who didn't Alex, see it, Alex Albon, Carlos Ferrari, you cannot Ooh. park your car at the end of the, the, the straight that people are doing best part of 200 miles an hour on. Poor old Pierre Gasly. I felt felt for him there. But I, I think there still should be, um, you know, the consequence of your crime should have a different penalty because they're giving out three grid places. That's it for, 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 for holding someone up in qualifying. But I think, you know, sometimes you hold someone up, but they've still gone through the Q2 because they've already got a quick enough. So it's a completely irrelevant. But I think, yeah, I said this on Twitter. People all oh, know because we, we had that problem in the past, you know, when people got pushed off going around the outside on corners. Sometimes it was a five second penalty, sometimes it was 10. But I honestly still think for impeding, 
if you're impeding, literally stop someone progressing, as with Gazi from Q3, you know, I think it should have been at least 10 places, you know, to give him three place designs for, for the most awful holding up. I mean, he was completely, didn't know where he was, middle of traffic, but a right old cock up of it all. Um, oh, Carlo. Uh, well, Leclerc, of course, didn't get through. Either. Ferrari basically, yet again, with the conditions cocked up. Because, but as we find out in the race, their car seemed to be quite good, but they didn't make the best in qualifying at all. But you were about to say, what about um, about Perez again? You were about to well, kick in there. Well, there's a there's a, a, a Formula One writer. Um, I'm sorry for not pronouncing your name correctly. Yakbek Lopez, um, and he wrote this thing in Spanish about probably, you probably and Mexican. I. Probably Just Mexican. That's what Mexican. You're about to say to well, no, no, he wrote in Spanish, so they speak Spanish okay. or Mexican, or uh, same as the Americans speak English um, or American English. But um, but I didn't understand it. But somebody pointed out to me, and basically it says these. I just watched these two old jerks. That's, what do you mean? <laughs> Am I included in this criticism? Slagging yeah. <laughs> off Sergio Perez, yeah. saying that he shouldn't be racing now. Correct. Now, oh, hold on a minute. Say, what are people do? What Mr. Are people Lopez do? was saved by Hello? the bell. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> Who's saved by the bell? All right. Who's that? Talking. All right. We'll call Clarkson. you later. Cheers. Bye. Clarkson. Was that Clarkson? No, it was one of my sons. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so continue so this. Mr. Lopez, and he's got a big history, 40 years of, of uh, following Formula 1. Pretty similar to me, not quite as much as you. Experienced uh, journalist. Maybe he hasn't uh, raced in Formula 1 like you, but it doesn't matter. It's, a, it's irrelevant. But you, how can you defend, however much of a super fan you are about uh, Sergio Perez, how can you defend that he should be there? Because... He is. But well, we'll hold a minute. What does this bloke say? What, what's... He just said, we're a couple of jerks and we got it wrong, and uh, Sergio is amazing. And um... He doesn't provide any facts to the fact that Sergio fell off in qualifying in Australia. He fell off in qualifying wherever it was. He fell off in qualifying in Monaco. How is he? Is that, are we well, being biased by just reporting those facts and then uh, yeah, suggesting that we're a couple of jerks? Actually, you <laughs> always stood up for Sergio. You're, you know, you're fair, but. I was the one that said he should be replaced last week, so I should be the jerk. But look at it mathematically, if you do want some facts. The biggest gap, no surprise, mathematically, is between Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll. No surprise there, even though... Um, well, Stroll shouldn't be there either, so that's two that shouldn't be there, well, let's be He honest. should be there, because his dad pays for it, and his dad owns no, no. the team, so good for him. Um, <laughs> but that's the biggest gap. There's 80 points. We're talking mathematically. Now, the second biggest gap is 69 points with, with Max and, and, uh, and Checo, which is more... A bigger gap than every other driver gap put together. This is, this is current team. positions in the table. Current positions in the table. But it's not about that. It's just about having the best car, the best tool to do the job and underperforming week in, week out. Then yeah. you get the likes of Alex Albon, who was booted out so quickly by Red Bull, wasn't given the opportunity that Sergio Perez has had. And look at him. Look at how good he was on the weekend. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Second in on fastest in Q2. Phenomenal. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. But so so I'm sorry, Mr. Lopez. Uh look, we value ev all feedback and, well, well, and opinions. Tell him to and write, it, tell him to write an opinion showing English. why we're wrong. Well, he can do it in Spanish if you, you can get the translation done. Explain okay. to us where we're going wrong. We're seeing a, a, a driver in the equally fast car to Max Verstappen getting nowhere near him, apart from occasionally when Max has a cock-up or something or has an engine break. And there's no uh, question that Max just... is a mercurial talent. We say that week in, week yeah. out. He's phenomenal. So we don't expect Sergio to be uh, competing against Max necessarily, but he should, certainly should be doing a lot, lot better against the rest of the pack in the car that he has. Back to the race. Yeah, right, good. I mean, the trouble is, it was a good race, but it, it's only good really because that Canadian circuit is just so spectacular. I'm seeing Grand Prix cars going round there. 
bumping. Bouncing off walls as George Russell slightly overbounced <laughs> off the wall. I mean, it's just so good when there are no track limits except for hitting something. And I know it's more dangerous like that, but you know, I you agree. just you get that thrill. I mean, Alonso Fernando, he's that spark. Commentators actually didn't notice it live. I spotted it live. Um, you know, that spark of a chink as his rear tyre hit the wall that, that Russell later hit. And it just, you know, that these guys really on the edge you know if they just go over a curb and over another curb you don't you don't feel there's any any limits there being broken so it's always good at Canada but again you know we had this fairly processional race once the pecking order of the former world champions that was back in its correct order although you know Mercedes were going quicker you know the car was better but um you know Fernando uh, the Aston's obviously quicker car still than the Mercedes because they're so equally talented those three um so it was a procession out front, but the middle mid mid rates were, were of course with the hero being um Alex Albon. You know, he had, he had a train when he when he finished seventh, I, I checked the results. There were six cars in his train, um, covered by four and a half seconds. So there was this amazing pressure that Albon drove this race. So clearly um, the Williams is very fast on the straights, but not so fast around the corners, uh, would be my analogy, because he didn't have DRS yeah. uh, and yeah. all the others behind him. It's so common, though, you get the cards that haven't got the downforce. They're obviously quick in the straight lines. So they're slow on the, on the lap times, but they can hold off in the straight. Same with them. I mean, Haas has the same ability. Um, I have to have slightly praised Ferrari. They did a, a tactics that did work this time. They left their cars out when, the, when they came in for that so first safety on, How can you car. say that? Because, they, again, the drivers are overruling the pit. And I know you need to get feedback yeah, from your but, drivers. But there was a little bit of box, disagreement. Box. No, no, I don't want a box now. And... So, yes, uh, there's still an element they, of anarchy, anarchy going on. But at least they finished what um, fourth and fifth, weren't they? So they they filled in the next place. And Perez got up to sixth, um, Albon seventh, and uh, the Perez train the train back. behind him. Miles back in sixth place. It was very flattering. Sixth place. I know he stopped to get the fastest lap, which should not be allowed to be able to stop the, a lap fourth to get. Oh, I hate laps. points for fastest laps. Yeah. It's a fast. Fastest laps are farcical. Well, I don't it, mind the fastest lap if it's if it's achieved in the race, not pitting when you've got oh, plenty well, of time. Pitting I, is part of racing. Please, pitting is part please. of racing strategy. Somebody mess up a, a pit stop when they're doing the fastest lap. Please have a wheel gun get locked or something and get no points. Neil Poir. And speaking of pit stops, Red Bull, how are they so much better than everybody else? After I don't, know, I don't bother to find and... out. You, you're on it. You're going to throw some stats at me well, with the pit they, stops they, this time. No, well, no 2.9 is against 2.95 or 3.0 against... 2.3, 2.2 the Lewis 3.4. came out of the pits. He was nine tenths slower than Fernando, which is why he nearly hit Fernando on the way out of the, the pits. Oh, yeah. Someone like yeah. Red uh, Did like you see Fernando doing his amateur dramatics? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I wiggle the steering wheel. Oh, I nearly hit him. I nearly hit him. No, you didn't. No, it, it was a safe release, Fernando. It was a very close to a danger, but it was a safe release. But no, you did manage to ham it up a bit to make it. To, look at him. Look at him. I nearly crashed into him. No, you did Fernando. You did Good, good for trying. So, yeah, um, the, the funny thing about we're going to move on to, to uh, IndyCar, because I was caught between the two, both races at the same time. I'd watched the first 30 minutes of IndyCar live before Formula One. I went over to watch Formula One live, leaving the Indy recording. I watched the first 30 minutes of Formula One live. And then, to be honest, I went back to IndyCar and stayed there uh, until the IndyCar race was over and then went back and caught up with Formula One. Because on the second, there wasn't that much racing. Did I miss it? I mean, I watched the whole Grand Prix, albeit not in live. Um, do you feel that racing was... There wasn't I mean, much just, race. There wasn't much racing at all. It's it, you know, it's a renowned just a track, not an overtaking track. track. But it was, I yeah. think it's a great, great looking track. It's an exciting yeah. track. It's quite a fast track. 
Um, but there wasn't much racing at all. Fernando and Lewis provided a little bit. Who would win in the same car? Fernando, Lewis or Max? I'm still Lewis because Lewis, well, Lewis sorted out Fernando at McLaren, although lots of controversial uh, tactics going on. I mean, the, the youngster sorted out Fernando. I think, you know, the, the pecky order, it's like hundreds, probably yeah. Max, right and now, at this stage in their lives, yeah. it has to be Max, Lewis, Fernando, I would say, in the, in, in the same car, judging with hundreds of a seconds apart. But I, wonder just what, about. I wonder what our listeners and viewers think. Please let us know below. We'll, we'll tag that as the, the question, <laughs> who would win in the same car? Yeah, where's our, where's our, our Dutch critic? I've just put Max as quicker than uh, Lewis. Will that <laughs> keep him happy for half a day or half a second? He'll come up with some other reason for me being racist and hating everybody, but never mind. Um, so yeah, on to Road America. Unless you've got any more Formula One gossip or news. Well, the only only other thing was I just thought Jack Villeneuve uh, kicking his toys out the pram about doing a lovely tribute helmet. Um, so oh, uh, Charles Leclerc wanted to do a lovely tribute helmet to his late father, um, Jules Villeneuve, and he said it, he should have asked me and his disrespectful. Well, 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 well oh. there was a bit of that. You, you oh. can't, there's copyrights. Mm. People are earning, people are earning money. <laughs> Villeneuve's wife and mum are earning money out of Villeneuve um, stuff. All right, let's Merch. go to let's go Merch. down down state. So yeah, I swapped over the IndyCar, and I'm an, again another great circuit made IndyCar look great because that Road America is just one of the most fantastic. It is the best road course in the world, um, and I watched all the testing and building. They were falling off. Well, this is what I love about IndyCar: the cars they're driving these things upon the seat of their pants, and this beautiful new clean black, very smooth surface the drivers loved, except because it was so new. Whereas the racing line got more and more grip as the weekend went on. If you went house the racing line, it was on like a not so much grip on ice. Um, and what I loved was the fact they, they did all this money resurfacing the track, but they kept the same old curbs, same old bits of grass, <laughs> same walls. Um, they didn't bother with any upgrade at all to the safety. And they were spinning off like mad. I think Colton Hurt had three spins during practice and qualifying. Um, and in fact, even the top drivers, I mean, Alex Palau, the, you know, the highly rated, we'll get on to later, he was the winner and I'm always raving about him. If I was a Formula 1 team manager, I'd be having Alex on my, signed a contract as soon as I could. But he went off on his own, slammed into the barriers. And then we had this horrendous shunt with Scott Dixon, who just spun at the Canada cord or whatever it is, the slowest cord at the end of the back straight. Um, and he was just sort of recovering on the inside of the track and going very slowly. And he'd moved over to, I think it was Grosjean by one car by, and he didn't know a second car was coming, which was Will Power. They just wandered across the track and just took um, Power into the barriers with him. Two of them had this huge shunt, a solid concrete wall about 20 feet off the track. There was no none of that safer barrier there because it wasn't a place where people crash. So both those cars had, had major rebuilds, our Palau's and Dixon's and Power's. Um, so there was a lot of drama even before we got to the race. Um, but it seemed like Colton Herter's race, there was Colton Herter qualified pole, and he seemed to the man to have it. And then just at the end of the race, um, Andretti's cocked up on their um, tactics. And did you watch the, the IndyCar race yourself? I watched lots of lots of racing over the weekend. I didn't watch IndyCar. I watched Indy Lights. Right. It was magnificent. Like Twenty-seven cars and just race everywhere. There's people banging wheels off on the grass, going back off the grass. Grosjean had about three spins and ended up. In, he had a terrible weekend. Much but overtaking. Grosjean, yeah, well, yes, but in midfield. But lots, yeah, lots going on. Lots of happening here and there. I mean, Palou came through because, um, as I said, Herter was leading all the way. But they pitched him a, a lap earlier than everybody else. There's always a worry if, if you don't pit while you're in the lead, and someone goes in before you, and a full course yellow comes out, 
you'll end up in the one that's the pit and then you'll be behind all those that pitted a lap earlier. So there's always a pressure of your leading to get that last pit stop done whilst the track is still green. So you won't get caught out with the yellow. But because they've pitted him like one lap earlier than sort of a safe fuel mileage, he had to lift and coast a bit. He didn't have enough fuel to go flat out to the end. So he dropped from first to fifth in the last, what, five, ten laps. Palou came through to win. Um, so a lot of tactics going on there and Holt Hurton or his team pretty much lost a, a dead cert win. Um, but the Brits aren't doing well out in IndyCar at the moment. Callum Eilat, that seemed to be really coming to the fore, looking strong, you know, he's not he's even a, qualified 17. We both tipped him for doing so well. And, uh, and he had Rory been running Academy. top 10, but he can't seem to get his case. He's, he's in a sort of very lower-ranked team, you know, he's not in the best team, but he had, he had looked like he was coming good, but didn't. I thought he'd uh, do Jack, well on the circuits, on the, on the tracks. Yeah, but Road America, Road yeah. America, Jack Harvey, Road America, Jack Harvey used to be quick there, but he's having an awful time, you know. Um, <laughs> he's with the Rahal Letterman team, which did so badly at Indy. But um, now, I mean, his teammate, Christian Lungard, this Danish kid, he qualified seventh, finished seventh. Then Jack Harvey qualified 24th, uh, went off into the barriers on a restart and ended up 26th. I mean, Jack's just having a miserable time. Um, but then Grosjean, go out to Grosjean, he spun a couple of times in, in testing and qualifying in the beach, in the gravel. He fell off in the race, had to be towed out of the gravel, got him going again. Uh, but apparently in qualifying, it impeded Will Power um, by slightly moving over on the main straight as Will wanted to go past him. So Will Power, whilst moaning about the crash he had with Scott Dixon, moaning about the tracks when he went off on his own, the um, the rough, the grass was too bumpy. So he had a moan about, mate, they got this shit, the circuit's crap and shit. And that Grosjean, I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> I'd love to see a Formula One driver say that. No reprimand. He just says, as for Grosjean, I want to punch him in the face. So he what wasn't penalty did Grosjean get for blocking him? Duddy, you got one, no, nothing. A punch in the face, the threat of a punch in the face. <laughs> so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I just thought it was a spectacular circuit and just so much racing going on throughout the field, colourful. And, and again, you know, when you say we talk about the walls in, that's the good thing about Canada was the drivers kissing the wall or getting with an inch of a wall, gives that God, blooming hell. And the same when you have an old fashioned track and they get across the curbs and they in the dust and the dirt on the grass and the dust and dirt coming up, you. You then visually see yeah. that they're about to crash, maybe, you know, they're in trouble. Where as soon as you go off into a tarmac, there's no puff of smoke, puff of anything of dust. It's so, a real sense of speed, isn't it? Where you lose that sense yeah. of speed on, on television. Yeah. We'll come you on know to B they're on the we'll come, we'll come on to BTC in a minute for grass and Oh, I don't know smoke. what was going on there with track limits. Oh. I know I was mentioning. Um also of course Red America Indian NXT, the sort of Formula Two of IndyCar. Where Louis Foster. So it's not Formula Two of IndyCar. That's insulting to Formula Two, but it's a long way down from Formula Two. Formula oh. Two is right up there, isn't it? Fast. Two and a half. Two and a half, do you think? Well, yeah. Quicker Formula than three. Four. Quicker than three. You think so? You think. Look, it doesn't. Within their ladder, all right? I'll find out lap time. I'll find out a similar lap time. IndyCars are about five seconds a lap slower than Formula One. Yeah, but we're so not comparing against Formula Yeah, okay. Well, you'd start. I'm just saying in their league, league tables. I would say Indy Premier Lights league. is more like Formula 3 than Premier Formula League. Premier League and, and Championship. Not it's even their two and second a half. It's their second division on the ladder. Okay. okay I don't care second division. Yeah. Anyway, Louis Foster. just compared it to Formula 2. I think that's a bit insulting to Formula 2. <laughs> I think it's more Formula 3. Louis Foster, our front-running Brit, has had a miserable year. He's been knocked out. He's been on pole. Anyway, he's only qualified fifth. Not so good. Uh, and he, he ended up on those races, he was battling for third, and every move he tried to make to move up went wrong. 
and then he got penalised one place for weaving. Not allowed to, not allowed to weave. So he got told to give a place back. So I love that system. You get on the radio, you're mucking about. As Don't long give... as they do it early, Tiff. Yeah, straight away. Let's go straight when, away. You can't when when they do it in Formula One, five laps later, you think, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You can have a race director on a radio, give that place back now. Yeah. And if you don't, you get a penalty. But Jamie Chadwick had a much better qualifying. This was a series she's tried to do and prove. She was ninth out of the 18 in qualifying, um, which is her best by far. But then in the rush out of Michigan, she, she didn't seem that aggressive. I think this is sometimes, you know, aggression is a very important part of being a racing driver. I don't think Jamie's perhaps aggressive enough. Um, and she didn't have a good first lap. There was a gap appeared ahead of her. The nine cars, I think, were ahead of her. And so at the end of the straight, yeah, she had two people right behind her and one tried to do a late lunch and pushed her off the track and out and dropped 15, her back. And, yeah, finished 15th for the which runners. Is, so. Which she's, she's finished around about 15, 16. Yeah, but having qualified ninth, we thought this yeah, is one you know, she could better. get a top 10 finish, but uh, and, yeah, she's and never a good first lap. Just jump in there with a bit of uh, uh, female news as well, the fact that W Series went bust last week. Oh, yeah, went bust. What a surprise. I think yeah. we might have been saying that about the first weekend. They thought, where's the money coming from? Here's half where's, a million, Jamie. Here's 300,000, Alice. Here's 200,000, Jessica. That's unbelievable. I just quick, just to say who won the Indian NXT, because yes. I hate stories about They always do that on the news, <laughs> don't they? Someone crashed. Nigel Mitchell crashed today. They don't say who won the Grand Prix. <laughs> The American driver Nolan Siegel had his second win on the trots and now takes the championship lead in the NXT, which is the second division of American <laughs> single-seater racing. But Happy not, with that? Not up, up there. Up yes, end. it is. Correct. Right. Down under, mate. Supercars. Are you, allowed to, are you allowed to mock their, like, their, their uh, accent? What? You know, a, lot, a lot of people get very annoyed if you mock their accents. What? This is what I love about the Aussies. You just said down under, mate. Super mate. <laughs> This is what I love about the Aussies. Who cares less whether you say that or not? <laughs> oh, Who no, cares? Good will. on them, Aussies. We love you. My family's Australian. Um, um, the balance of power disaster that's going on between this new Gen 563, Gen 3, I think they are, um, the, the Fords haven't won a race and they had another Chevy whitewash. Mark Winterbottom won the first race in a Chevy 1-2. Brock Feeney won the second race in a Chevy 1-9. <laughs> Best wow. Ford, only 10th. Third race, Jack LeBrock won a Chevy first to fourth. And they just can't seem to get the Fords. They play with the engines first. Apparently, one's a pushrod and one's a, I don't know, they've got a different engine concept, whether it's an overhead cam, a good old-fashioned pushrod, I don't know. So the torque is different to the power. So then you know, the revs, they've got different torque and power, even though the power's the same max. They're at different rev levels. Okay. So they tried to change the engines, I think, by remapping them to try and give Ford a bit more of an advantage. And now apparently it's all about the Fords are, are wearing out their rear tyres quicker. They're getting much worse degradation in their rear tyres, which could be engine, too much torque in lower revs or too much torque in higher revs. Um, or now they look at the air ropes. They're desperately trying to get the Ford balance. And this is, you know, when there's only two teams in it, it's, it's more obvious, isn't it, than um, when it's just, well, it's five or six at Le Mans, when you're trying to balance five or six. Or, one. or BTCC that we'll come on to in a moment yeah. with BMW, etc. So, um, yeah, so uh, sad for Ford that Chevy still just white whitewashed the whole year. Yeah, but good for Chevy. So, good for Chevy. And, and well, yeah, but one, we should... balance of power. Well, no, balance of power, you have to accept that the other cars will be allowed to come quicker yeah. to make the racing even. Uh, then after Japan, cross the Pacific Ocean. I can't do a Japanese accent at all. That would be disastrous. <laughs> it's not across the Pacific Ocean. They're going up. We're still Pacific yeah, Ocean. Still, We're going still north, due yeah. north. 
Uh, Liam Lawson, of course, the Red Bull protege, which we are talking about being a Perez substitute, maybe, or Ricardo, or in my opinion, go and get um, go and get Palou from America and put him in a Red Bull. Anyway, Alex he was Albert. the championship, but he only qualified sixth. And uh, they tried a long run strategy in Super Formula in Japan. You have to change tires once. Uh, and I think it's two different compounds. It might not be. I'm not sure. I need to find out. Japanese tell me downstairs comments. Um, and he went really long on the, on the stint. So he had his fresher tyres for the last 10 laps. And he came through from about seventh, but only got to fifth. And he's now lost the championship lead to uh, race winner, Ritomo Miyata, who won to take the championship lead from Liam. Um, the only other news from Super Formula in uh, Japan was Guilo Lacey today after the race when he had another crash. Uh, he's been dumped by his team, Toms. He's been kicked out of Super Formula. And I think his uh, dreams of Grand Prix are over. Because he's the son of Jean Lacey. Yeah. His mother's Japanese. Um, yeah. And he, to my mind, he was it annoyed me, really, that Lacey sort of went so far. He did three years of Formula 3, two years of Formula 2. That's five years. He became a Ferrari Academy driver. Thanks mainly, obviously, to Lacey. Not because he was super quick in Formula 3 or before. And he never really did. I think he had four wins. Like he did have four wins in Formula 3. But I think they were all reverse grid races. I don't think he won one for the front. Um, he did. Sorry. He went out to Japan. Go on. Sorry. He went he out went, to Japan. He went out to Japan and um, he did the... He did... He did hold on, I've got to be careful what I say now. He did the equivalent second division of Japanese single-seater racing for a year. Glad we got that sorted out. Sort of like the Formula 2 of Japan. But obviously maybe not as quick or as slow. Um and he came second in that championship in 2021. He graduated to Super Formula. Uh, but he did win a Super Formula race. It was a weird weekend in Autopolis when it was raining. And he was doing the equivalent to Formula 2, but it's called Indy Lights. He was in the second division series and won the race. So he had experience in the track in the wet, whereas all the Super Formula drivers didn't. And he jumped into a Super Formula car and got on pole by help with that. Anyway, I feel it's game over for his dreams of being following his footsteps of his father as a Grand Prix clearly driver. The boy, clearly, the boy can drive, but not quite like his father. Where was the. Sorry, but it shows how hard it is, but it shows it how is hard, hard, isn't it? It's you a know, tiny, even, tiny market. Yeah, I know. Even with Alacia as your dad and Ferrari Academy help, you know, unless you've really got that last uh, tenth of a second, you know, you're um, not going to make it. Absolutely. And where, where was it in Japan? Sorry, Tiff. What, what was the track? It was what, uh, I don't know where it was. Forget where it was. Oh, I, I was there. just going to ask with there. it. I was just going to ask. Have you Suga? Suga. Right. Um, Suga. I did race there. In, let's in go Japanese. to Germany um, to MotoGP, and I've got a question for you. Do you think Mark Marquez? You know those jumpsuits that expand really quickly. <laughs> Do you yes. think they, he has a sponsor of one of those races? Because he just crashes. <laughs> he just. I can't, I've never seen a bloke crash like it and continue. Three times he crashed. In, it was five just, at the end. Five by the end of the weekend. Three, three times just, in qualifying. He's, yeah. still, he's still qualified seven. Free practice, he crashed. And uh, two in free practice. It's a sad weekend, really. I mean, it, it's what was, was being talked about before the race because he had this other... It was in the warm-up, the last one he had. In the warm-up, a race day, I think. Um, and he had, he had fractured his foot or his hand, one of the two, got an x-rays. And there was talk that he was still trying to race. You know, he'd qualified other way down the grid, hadn't qualified well. But he did, in the end, decide not to race. And so this whole thing, you know, what do we do with Mark? And we talked about it last week, and I pointed out that, you know, he was standing in this gravel trap in Mugello, shouting at his bike, having just tried to go around the outside of someone, out onto the dirty bit of track, 
on a bike that he knows isn't as quick as Ducati's. He knows it doesn't handle as well as a KTM. Um, and yet Mark, by his very nature, just won't, he wants to win. He, he won't accept the fact that he's going to have to back off a bit because his Honda's not as quick at the moment. So he just runs the thing ragged and falls off it a lot. Um, and so the people now say we need to save Mark for himself. You know, we've we somehow got to just, you've got to stop racing until you give him a bike that can win. So, I mean, amazing. I mean, the two other Honda drivers were out of the race. They've both been falling off and, and cracked bones and stuff. So, I mean, the Honda is a, just a difficult bike to ride. And yet Mark just refuses to, to accept that. Um, so it's a great shame. He's such a character. He's always very good. It's the Saskan ringer, this bull ring of a circuit. Amazing downhill, fast left-handers and a few hairpins. Spectre, huge crowd surrounds it. German fans absolutely over the moon. Um, so, yeah, it was mainly a two-part story, really, Mark Marquez sadness of, of not running. And then the great joy of um, both winning the sprint race and the Grand Prix. Only second Grand Prix win to this Spaniard, Jorge Martin. Martin. Spanish pronunciation. How do you pronounce the Spanish Martin? Martin, Martin. I would say, yeah. Um, he, of course, riding a, a satellite Ducati, uh, the Pramac team, privateer team, but they have identical bikes. And he had two brilliant battles with the championship-leading Italian Francesco Bagnaia on the uh, factory Ducati, uh, but beat him both times. Great rides. And he's now cut the lead to the championship down from 25-point uh, gap to just 16 points now as Martin uh, chases Bagnaia. Um, he was, he was a Moto3 champion in 2018, but a very popular rider and very smooth and smart. Um, but it was Ducati, Ducati, Ducati. I mean, the Australian Jack Miller, the KTM is always good. Both their riders give it 100%. And uh, Jack All Miller was those third riders in give one it 100%. sprint. Well, that's true, yeah. yeah. And Johan Zarka, the second Premat Ducati, came third. Another, They've been writing Zarka off saying he won't have a rifle, actually, and now he's finishing third on the podium. So I think... But, you know, I mean... the. There were eight Ducatis in the top nine of the Grand Prix result. I mean, it's worse than Chevrolet and Ford um, in, uh, in, in supercars. <laughs> um, and Jack Miller was the only one. Jack Miller was sixth. It was a Ducati one to five, Jack Miller sixth, then Ducati seven to nine in the top ten. So a um, bit of a problem in, 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 in MotoGP. If another manufacturer dropped out, you know, Honda obviously very embarrassed with Marc Marquez. Um, Yamaha embarrassed that their French champion Quattararo, he's nowhere. You know, they could pull out and see that. A great worry, really, MotoGP, that there is such a, a Ducati domination at the moment. Yeah, but but it goes through it it goes, out, sort it out, Susie. It goes through phases. Look at Red Bull at the moment. They're having the most phenomenal run yeah, ever. I know. Um, yeah. So it does go through. But luck, luck, luckily, there are only two, two Red Bulls. I mean, it's a bit like having, you know, you get, have three satellite teams, six more Red Bulls on the track, then, then, then Alonso and, and Hamilton will be battling for 10th place. A Moto2. Go on. Yeah, Moto2, I was just going to move on to Moto2. Another win from Pedro Costa, who's our great talent that we have discovered in Moto3 a couple of years ago when he dominated. He, he had a steady year in Moto2 last year, his first year, but now he's really looking like the star who everybody thinks he's going to be. Cruz to win in, in the Moto2. Um, once again, beating his Italian, the guy's second in the championship, Tony Arbolino, who is still behind in the championship because um, Arbolino got out earlier in the series. I think the gap's down to, I don't know what, small. Um, Big all the whole contract thing we mentioned last week. Acosta, I think he's out of contract with KTM. They've got to sign him to have a MotoGP ride for next year by I think the end of June, or he's free to go elsewhere. So 
KTM are saying we're going to sign him, but there's no space unless they sack um, Miller or um, the South African. Where's his name? Everyone knows what I mean. Yeah, I know you mean. So a bit of fun and games there. Um, Sam, they had a great battle for third. Arbolino, they only just held on to second because Jake Dixon had a really qualified third. Uh, really coming good now. He had a slow start. We always thought Jake might be able to win the title this year, apart from, of course, Acosta being a bit of a target to beat. Because uh, he fell off on the warming up lap in America, poor old Jake. And without that, he probably would be lying third in the championship. He's moved up to fourth in the championship now. Really strong ride at the end, nearly getting second place. Has that, has that, that's got to be the worst thing to ever do in a race, surely. On a warm up I did it once. I did it once. <laughs> but I haven't forgotten. I'm going to assure you, I haven't forgotten. Brands Hatch. I went How through did you do it? Where, whereabouts on Brands? How? Um, clearways. Uh, the old um, 30s corner was a much sharper left-right because the road... When you come out of Graham Hill Bend, if you don't know it, you know Graham Hill Bend? Of course I do, yeah. Well, the road used to veer to the right and go behind where the pits are, right at the middle of the paddock car park, as it were. So then the the 30s was a very long, looping left-hander before you turn right into the second half of 30s, which is now now a kink left-right, pretty much. Well, I lost it turning right just before clearways. And I went up the grass banks, there were nice earth banks and those. It's through an advertising hoarding. Ended up parked on top of the bloody bank, looking across at the track. Well, I should have been on my way to the grid. What car was it in? What were you racing? Well, one of my Formula Fours. I don't know which one it was. I've, I've forgotten. I've forgotten. So, yeah. So, anyway, so, so Jake is really coming good, but he's to win a Grand Prix this year with, with the talent of um, Acosta and Arbolino and others. So it's a really tight season of Moto2. Sam Lowe's not so good. Qualified sixth, finished seventh. He was in a huge battle for fourth. It was, was so tight. To, it was all yeah. really tight, though. As Moto3, our British boys, is not going well. We had so much hope for this vision track racing team, especially for Scott Ogden last year. He was qualifying 10th and looking good. Yeah, the tremendous third place finish dropped to fifth from infringement in the wet race in South America earlier this year. Fantastic. But in the dry, you know, last year, the pressure got to really started crashing and crashing and crashing uh, the second half of the season, just trying too hard, a bit like Mark Marquez, to, to you know, move up. But he had a big crash in qualifying, which he didn't do a qualified lap. I think he qualified for 27th. And he managed to go back to 20th, but he, he doesn't seem that good yet at overtaking. Like the real top riders can get through the pack to the top 10. Um, and I really feel sorry for him. And Josh Watley, qualified 24th, uh, finished 23rd. So don't know what we can do. Vision Track's a brilliant idea. They've sponsored these two British riders to go into, into Moto3, which we've had so little representation for so many years. Um, so we have to wait and see whether they can get sort themselves out. Uh, but it was a great win up the front. A very happy win for everyone, really. This turn, Dennis Onchu, who's been a very spectacular Moto3 rider for a couple of years now, finally got his first win. I don't know after how many races. Second, I think it's his second year or third year in Moto3. Um, but he had a huge battle with a Japanese rider, um, Ayumi Sasaki. Really good run. But the two of them way out front, the usual Moto3 pack, um, they were just like, five seconds ahead. It was another pair, I think, in third and fourth. And another five seconds back. And then the massive pack that ran from about so 10th place to 20th place so good race spectacular track not not the most spectacular racing of the year but just little individual duels instead of a mass overtaking mania can we but can we now turn good. to a mass overtaking mania and go to btcc please 
Um, did you see any mass overtaking at the BTCCCC? Actually, not really. It was a funny old weekend. It was a BMW parade. Well, this track limits. Do you know the rule? I was <laughs> yes, watching I do it. know the rule. How many times can you go in the green with a teeny bit of tyre, according to the rules now, that much tyre in the green is a mark. Now, how many times can you do that before you get this warning and then a flag? Do you know? It's, it's, it's supposed to be uh, three times. don't know, do you? You get the black and white three. flag up three times. Three. So you do three of those. Go because on. the old hall and, and cascades, I mean, just every lap, you just saw cars coming out, wheels in the green, wheels in the green, wheels... And David Addison, the good commentary, great commentary, him and Tim Harvey, and they mentioned sort of, you know, they'll be watching the track limits, but they kept a stom about it. They didn't, they didn't keep on pointing out, that's track limits. I was on the tent, I was, that's track limits, that's track limits, that's track limits. If they're going to introduce this stupid rule, the MSUK, of dispatch time, they've got to deploy it in the headline series, like BTCC. So then all the, all the club racers watching are saying, well, they're all over the bloody red, they're all in the green. Um, there was no no commentary. I think somewhere about two or three ride drivers got a warning. I think Ash Sutton did in the in the um, reverse grid race. No, he didn't do that because he didn't finish the reverse grid. But anyway, to me, I saw massive amounts of track limits being abused and no mention of people getting warned. So I'm a bit confused. If I was now racing, I wouldn't know what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not. So we've got to know. Tim Harvey, get on to Tim. You funny. Anyway, <laughs> there was a BMW parade the weekend. The cars shoot the track. They're trying to mess up the thing to try and do something by putting on a soft tyre and then you have to do another race on a hard tyre or a medium tyre. But it just meant that everybody had the same strategy. <laughs> so everybody did the first two races on soft tyres and then switched the hard tyre for the reverse grid race. So it didn't really split the pack up or would create any overtaking. Um, but Jake, you know, Jake, brilliant. First two, just sorted out Ash. Ash Sutton was on pole for the first race and he managed to out drag him with the BMW rear-wheel drive, always still has that advantage of the line. Um, and then, you know, you had, it was just the same because we had uh, Tom Ingram, same as at Thruxton, the sort of bridesmaid hanging in there. He had two thirds and a fourth, you know, in the high end dive. But again, he wasn't overtaking or being overtaken or attacked. So we got this sort of top three and it would have maybe been four out front, except Colin Turkins had got done for having no fuel in his tank. Well, not enough fuel after qualifying. So his qualifying time went, so he's had like 27th. Which he then got to uh, ninth in the first race. And he actually started the second eighth because Adam Morgan somehow got dropped five places. Maybe Adam Morgan did get a track limits warning. I don't know. But then he came from eighth to fourth in round two. And reverse good rate, he came through from fourth to win. So Colin Turkington uh, made it a BMW I mean, there was one, two, three. Yeah, good for him. I mean, he, was, he was absolutely on it. Uh, yeah, but he just shows the dominance. It just shows the of, dominance. Of BMW, and, you know, yeah. Yeah, he's BMW. not that much. He's not that. He's a phenomenal driver. He's not that much better than the rest of the pack, is he? No, but he's carved through the midfield. You know, as I said, he got to. I don't know. He's quite. He's quite quickly up to about fifteenth after two laps from twenty seventh. I think. And there was a safety car, which obviously helps as well. And yeah, uh, but still, very good. So, drive. so you know, lots of again, lots of scrapping in the midfield. There's always it's a bit like Formula One, really. You know, very identical. You know, in Canada we had the top three cruising around in order, and then a manic pack with with um, Alex Albon holding everyone up. And it was a bit similar, you know, in, in the mid midfield of the touring cars. I don't know who was holding who up, but there was a massive pack and everyone pushing and shoving and having a go, which was spectacular entertainment. But it's always a shame. You want those big dices out front for the lead, don't you, you do. to make it an exciting race. You do. Um, 
And then so you find it. I don't know what you... they're going to do, to be honest. Like, you know, they don't know how they're going to equal it up or what they're going to play with. Because obviously, touring cars they do play with regulations to try and and make it more, more, more riders, more drivers having a chance to be up front. Your mate, the very feisty and exceptionally good driver, Jade Edwards. She has a yep. bad luck in race two. Uh, race two, the race three, the final race, she actually went the complete opposite way to everyone else. Yeah, she was when on soft. She was yeah, on she soft. Was, yeah. But she didn't really make an impact. And, and Tim Harvey... Well, she, got, she got up to about 16th, I think, from yeah. 27th. Yeah. Yeah, she had a good, yeah, good, good Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But, uh, but I mean, there was a second, apparently it was a second lap quicker, the, the soft tyre. Yeah. So it was quite a quite a big difference in tyres, but uh, all the front runners chose the same strategy as you expect they would. And and the championship leader Ash Sutton in race three, of course, was taken out or took himself out. One of the two, whichever way you want to look at it, whether uh, Ash fan or not. Squeeze by Mister Ingram. <laughs> squeeze. squeeze. But it, was, it was a quite an innocuous squeeze onto the wall, <laughs> onto the uh, off the yeah, line. I was trying to remember who squeezed at Donington, and, and I thought it was the other way. Was that Ash that squeezed at Donington, or the other way around? Someone did the squeeze and got the penalty, which I thought they shouldn't have, because um, it should be the. The one behind, but yeah. Anyway, no, it wasn't. Ingram. The squeeze is a part of racing, and as a following driver, you have to decide. Well, he's going to squeeze me. I better back out of this. And Ash decided he's going to squeeze me. I'm not going to back out of this. He probably thought he could kiss the wall and get away with it, but I think that the, he damaged the drive shaft, you know, the front of the Ford. But it means actually, it means quite a big push of Ingram by finishing that race. Um, he's only six points behind. Everyone thinks, well, Ash Sutton's, you know, dominated this championship. We've seen his win after win. Um, but in <laughs> fact, you know, Ingram's just six points behind. Do you get any so drop scores cool. in, in BTCC? Or do they I all don't count? know. I don't know. You're in charge of these things. I don't know. Anyway, it always spectacular. Autumn Park, great support races, the minis. It, um, it was Porsche, uh, Porsche Super Cup or Porsche Cup? I can't remember what they Yeah, the Porsches around there. Well, they had radicals. They had radicals. I think radicals have a pit stop in the middle of the race. I'm not quite sure what that's all about. They don't seem to change drivers. They all have to pit. And this time it coincided with a, a safety car. So, yeah, crazy stuff. But it was anyway. good. I, I like the ITV coverage. Um, yeah, great, they, great commentary. Even though they dropped us, Tim, for our what, season of what, ITV4. Yeah. Where are we appearing? Do we know yet? We got no idea. Like TV series. That's Where's so, that anyway? So frustrating. Um, so, yeah, otherwise, in Britain, you could have gone, oh, British GT, um, we're at Donington. There's so much going on in the country, wasn't there? Lamborghini won the first race. Team Barwell. Barwell my Barwell. brother's team. Yeah. Well done, Barwell. Um, Ram Racing won the second race with their Mercedes. Um, but it's a Mercedes that still leads the championship. They're scoring a sixth and a second. Um, the two, two, two Cs. Otherwise, two Cs. Must be a sponsor. Two Cs Motorsport. With Johnny Adam and James Cottingham still leading the championship on top. DK so, engineering. Spectacular racing, whatever. Just seeing all those Lamborghinis and BMWs and Ferraris is just Mercedes, wonderful stuff. Mercedes, you just mentioned DK so Engineering and their AMG. Yeah. Um, and also in the UK, we have British Superbikes. Yeah, they're up a knock, you're leaping and bouncing over the curbs. And the beer boys won again. Well, the beer man, one of the beer boys. You can't, you've got to support anyone. A beer monster Ducati. What a team. Glenn Irwin from Northern Ireland, two wins. Um, can can, can I just crashed. ask you a question, just on British Superbikes? So we just mentioned on a red flag lap that you can't speed, but you can overtake if the car's in trouble. But on British Superbikes, on their out lap, their warm-up lap, they were overtaking each other all over the place, and they were coming to the grid at different times. Isn't that... I, how's fine. that allowed? Is it? That's fine. 
Yes. So, but, so why don't you wait until the end and then slide up through? So you've got the warmest tyres and you're making everyone else wait and then you go Whoa. to your second place. Or can you do it on the pace cut? You can do it on the outlet. Can you do it on the pace cut on the warm-up lap? I don't know. Yeah, they were doing all they were doing all I their... don't know the rules in motorbikes. <laughs> Tell us below. Actually, very thanks to someone who explained the TT wins on our comments last week. And I didn't realise that um, Dunlop had won four. There were only actually eight, there were only actually three winners of the TT. The two oh see now I've got myself into trouble. I've start a story and I've forgotten the names. Who else won apart from um, the uh, the sidecars is run by the same? Anyway, there are only three winners. Um, mind, everyone's a winner. Everyone, everyone that survived TT is a winner. Um, so yeah, the beer monster Ducati of Dead Irwin. Um, he crashed while leading, dropped it at the hairpin in race two, allowing Kyle Ride to win for Yamaha. Um, and that, actually, it's all close to the top of the championship. Irwin is now third in the championship points. Ride, Kyle Ride and Yamaha second. And Tommy Bridewell and the other beer monster Ducati is still leading the championship. All very close um, up in the superbikes. So no NASCAR, so it must be no NASCAR. pretty much time to tell you my Dan Tictum story, which I hope you've all been sitting on the edge of your seats. <laughs> we'll keep it up. We'll talk about next week because they will bring in Formula E in the next week and then we'll end with this dramatic conclusion. Well, OK, before we come on coming up, so I just want to say Ferrari's 100th Formula One win. Uh, sorry, Ferrari. Red, Red Bull. 100. We should have mentioned that. You're right. We should have congratulated the team. Who had everybody. their 200th win of the, of the weekend, though? Adrian Newey had his 200th win. Mm. And Max is was same as Senna. Yeah. But that's, that, that, so he's much younger than what Senna was when he achieved the same number. But there's about 14 more Grand Prix a season now. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a statistic that, that uh, is a bit skewed. But still, fantastic achievement. But it still means Ferrari. So who are they, just very quickly, naming the other top four uh, constructors, uh, the amount of uh, Formula Ones won by constructors. The top, so Red Bull are fifth. Who else in the top five? McLaren. Yeah, second. Lotus. Nope, they're way down in fifth, sixth place. So you've got Williams in Mercedes. fourth place. No, Williams. Then you've got Mercedes, yes. Yeah. And then you've got McLaren. Then you've got Ferrari, massively uh, uh, leading with 242 wins. To Rebels 100, so... Um, well, they've done the, more races. I know they stupid. have. What's a stupid league day, will it? All right. Well, this isn't stupid. This Dan Tickle is stupid. We'll get, me, tell, right. me, tell me the coming ups first. Give me last What's coming up next coming week? Up, coming up next week. <laughs> MotoGP Assen. Fantastic track in Holland. We like Holland. You're a Dutch man. Really good MotoGP track. World Rally Championship in Kenya. Bouncing through the dust. And then it has, they have thunderstorms and floods. Either it's dusty or it's amazing. Um, the NASCAR boys, after their one week off in about 40 <laughs> weekends, are back at the one and one-third mile Super Speedway Nashville. It was a good race. The IMSA boys at Watkins Glen with their fabulous prototype sports cars. Watkins Glen, a really good track. The Formula Academy ladies are at uh, Zandvoort for three more races. And last but by no means least, to lead us into your story of the day, the Formula E's at Portland, which actually is a track which is boring in IndyCar, so I don't know quite what the quite what the Formula E is going to do. It's got it's got one great big long straight, which is Portland's a long runway, yeah, and with a chicane, and they whittle and twiddle and twiddle around in the back, and then they start the big long straight again. So unless they're going to put some chicanes in, I'm not sure how they're going to um, save fuel, save fuel, save their battery. So anyway, the Formula E's will be at Portland, where at Portland 
the big gossip that everybody's going to be talking about in the Fulman E paddock is something that I've never heard and you're about to tell me. Well, how have I, I, I don't, I only just found out this uh, little post-race interview. So Dan's driving for Neo and he's driving the car incredibly well, getting the most out of the cars he can. And his team, did, his team let him down. There's no, no, they told him he had enough charge. He didn't have enough charge. So the team let him down. However, is this acceptable to talk to anybody, let alone your team who, let's face it, only want the same thing as you? I'm going to play this to you and you can... You can... Dan, of, Dan, of course, a man who was in trouble for what he said in a lot of his career, but seemed to have zipped his mouth the last couple of years, but... Well, you say that, only in April, uh, just before Berlin, what was the race there? He said about Jake Dennis, he said he's pathetic and childish, but... So he's, oh, yeah. he, he's, got, right. okay. he's got some Are you going to play it? Then? Are you going to play oh, it? Play. Here we go. Here we go. Well, there's a bit of swearing as well, so... No, that didn't come out at all. It's gurgled. Where that is that? No cuss. We'll play... Don't talk to me. Anyone. No one talk to me. I don't want to fucking hear it. Leave me alone. All right. Good, don't bring it back. It could have been happening for three laps, and I have no fucking idea. Roberto, if you're on the intercom, tell my taxi to be ready in 15 minutes. I'm going to have it. Can someone tell me if I need need to, to weigh, and don't just say yes. Can we find out if I actually need to weigh? Yes, go on away. You still finished P11, so there's potential of any penalty in front. So... Maybe my taxi. Get my taxi ready for fifteen <laughs> minutes. I think that's what was the what was the beginning of it. It wasn't that clear. What what was his beef then? Uh, his beef was no other no other driver could get out of that car. What I got out of that car. Okay. Um, so so it's look we've been there. The frustration, the, the emotion, the adrenaline. Well, the trouble. I mean, you know, it's it, it, it was his sort of last chance salute, wasn't it? I feel the troubles he had in other series and he had this professional but he's, and for, and he's in a he is in a bad team so it's, he's, he's halfway through his second year in a car that's not going to win the race um so i guess i know he's not thinking because that's the problem because who's going to take him on who's going to say well, oh no. you know what this is this is a well that's why a i said this was his dream. last chance saloon this was his yeah. last chance because he because he's ranting at his teams in formula yeah. two and formula three and I just don't. I just don't like that. But but look, who knows what happened afterwards? Because he might have got out. He might have got out of the car and said to everyone, "I am such a dick. I'm so sorry, uh, guys. You know, thanks for everything." And and who knows? Because I haven't. We haven't had the follow up. But that's nah, that's a bit nasty. I think. You, you know. We you know when you broadcast things like the BBC, you have to say, "We asked Mr. Tinkton to comment, but he refused <laughs> to comment." You haven't. You haven't got that. No, we didn't Did get approach, that. Approach, Mr. Tinkton. He, he, He's more than welcome to comment below or uh, contact us on Twitter. We we get abuse anyway. Our, our, our mate, Mr. Lopez. No well, we've upset we'll... Holland and we've upset Mexico now. So now we're going to upset Britain's TikTok. <laughs> so, well, I've always said I've always said he's a phenomenal driver, but he's just... We're just saying it as we seeing it, everybody. We're just saying it as we see it. We better go because we're getting we in be... trouble now. See you next week. Go. Thanks for joining. Cheers. Cheers.